we are now on a long journey. A journey of no return. A journey into the shadows of the unknown. The dark side of life into unknown dimensions. Thus begins the journey into the madness of many filmmakers inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide through the world of cinematic Lovecraft inspirations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. I'm Jim Rohner. And I'm James McCormick. And today we'll be talking about 1992's Cthulhu Mansion, or La Mansion de los Cthulhu, oh. uh, written and directed by Juan Piquer Simon, um, a movie that before this recording James had seen before, mm-hmm. I had not. And, um, well, as we've often done right out right out of the gate, I'll say this movie has nothing to do with Cthulhu. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> nothing to do with Lovecraft. Basically, if you removed a few shots from this movie, one of which being the, or, or, or a few of which being the, the book that says Cthulhu on it, despite having literally satanic imagery inside of it. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> and then, and then I love that final shot at the end when they're walking, the gates close and the camera pans up and the gate just says Cthulhu and then sets on fire oh. as though that was a reveal. Well, no, what's funny is you saw it in the beginning of the movie when the, the criminals, the, the, the ruffians take control of, uh, Chandu and his, uh, silent guard and uh his daughter yes. it, it's just like cthulhu that's like the cthulhu mansion i guess i and uh, like okay and what i what i really appreciate is like from um i forgot like the actual credit was from the writings of hp lovecraft it's like in, in, i think inspired by the writings of yeah, hp lovecraft which is yeah. like well the name cthulhu i guess was inspired by the writing that's literally it's, it because yeah. look don't get me wrong i know you don't like this film and i'm like you know, this is not my favorite Juan Piquer Simone film at all. Not by a long shot. He has <laughs> he has some other much like okay. So let me put it like this with Simone's filmography. He's not he wasn't a great director, but he was a director that had uh, a lot of his um, contemporaries and even like actors and actresses that worked for like they loved working with him because he had a he just had a passion. Like he was kind of. You know, you could kind of say like like an Ed Wood in the sense that like while he believed he was making like, you know, fun, weird films, but they weren't as good as like probably he wanted to make. Sure. It's because of budgetary restraints and stuff. But like, you know, something like Pieces, which is one of my favorite, like what I call a WTF film, like a what the fuck film where you're like, <laughs> what yeah. am I watching here? Like, what is going on? Like, like mm. but but it's like every two minutes you're asking that the problem with this and even something like slugs about killer mm. slugs based on the book it's like one of those from you like how can you make a, a killer slug film both interesting and fun and somehow he does it because of just the weirdness of it but this film the problem with this one is like it's like all all lead up mm. to really like you said like Ultimately, it's 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 satanic. It's demonic. It's a demon. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's no old ones. It's not like I guess the only hint of it was early on. You saw like underneath his skin, Chandu's skin is like the the beast or whatever the hell it is is in him. But like, okay, I guess you could have went a tentacle way with this. You know, if you really. But then it's like it's a cross. It's a, it's an upside down cross, which right, is supposed to be right, yeah, right. very much satanic imagery. Um, and it's funny, yeah. You mentioned like <laughs> that it's there's a demon in the head, but like, yeah. is is there? It, it my okay. So we we've covered some <laughs> truly 
bad movies on this podcast. Um, rest in peace, Albert Pion's Cool Air, up there as one of the worst. Yeah. Um, the uh, you know um, the multiple adaptations of Dunwich Horror, um, the latter which I'd say was even worse. Um, yeah. But this yeah. one, a bigger crime than being a bad movie is being a yeah. boring movie, and this movie is only an hour and a half long and oh man did i kept checking the time is like how much longer do we have left in this because it's you know we, we when we talked on our last episode about um uh, color from the dark i mentioned there was a lot of forward momentum until they kind of right uh the the wife gets possessed and then she's stuck up in the attic and then the momentum kind of stops and we're just kind of stuck spinning our wheels and like well now she's here what do we do with it this movie had really no momentum to begin with and it's like it's not it doesn't build towards anything. There's no tension. Like there, there's stuff happens and yet nothing happens. Um, the, the premise is right, actually right. somewhat intriguing reading from IMDb, a group of drug dealing, petty yeah. criminals fleeing from the police, take a magician and his daughter hostage. But once they reach his mansion, all hell breaks loose. The problem is once they reach the mansion, <laughs> it's just Not a much series. Hell breaks loose. Yeah, it's it's just a sequence of of events of things happening, not really and and happening by or I should say um incited by something in a sealed door and no explanation as to what it is, why it's there, why it's happening. Um I, I mean a little bit at the end when when Chandu is finally like, Yes, I, I did I unleashed something, killed your mother, right. and now I'm paying for it. And it's like, oh, right. This thing that you're saying with like two minutes left in the movie should have been an end of act two reveal to give the film a chance to redeem that. And it that's not exactly. And, and, and that's all. And, and, and I agree. Like, and that while I like enjoyed this film to an extent, it's like, it's, it's again, the, the first two thirds are just like, okay. So the film begins with a cool, like, you know, Oh, what the hell is this? It's like a, mm -hmm. uh, a magic trick gone wrong. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, I remember when I originally saw this years ago, I'm like, okay, this is intriguing. And then it's just like, okay, you have these like, you know, like ridiculous drug dealers like Hawk, who, you know, Hawk, like, like, of course he's going to be a dickhead in a leather jacket. <laughs> and, and his girlfriend played by one of William Shatner's daughters. Yes. Melanie, Melanie Shatner. Shatner, you know? So I'm like already like in also into subspecies movies. So a little Charles band, uh, Sure. in there for her but um and like um funny enough one of the oh, and, and again chandu is like to me he's like the best part of the film because it's frank finley who yeah. we originally covered almost two years ago on the life force episode yes that's true and he's and he's like he's like one of those actors when you see him in something even especially something like low budget like this he him alone gives it some gravitas like at least like yeah. when he's able to give like this exposition or something you're like oh, okay i believe him because it's just his his aura but the problem is it's like you know it takes so long to get to a random refrigerator death like, like you know and, and look i love like and i and i love it but it's like what is that like you know what i mean even i'm like this is stupid and and Corinne had watched this for me the other day, and while watching it, the, the the two things, and she she's probably on the same page as you, is like, okay, what's going on? I'm getting bored, and that's yeah. like, you know, and she'll let me know. And the other thing was, um, when was this movie made? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, 
was this like late seventies, early eighties? I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no, I'm like, it's 1992. She's like, get the fuck, you know? She's like, get out of here. There's no way this is 1992. <laughs> my my wife had a similar had a similar response because she, I mean, she was largely out of the room while I was watching this, but she did stop it at one point. She's like, when is this supposed to take place? And like, right. well, I think it's supposed to be contemporary times, but contemporary means 1992, right? Um, even though it does very much have a very low budget 1970s feel to it, but kind of yes. seemingly shot on very early video. Well, yeah, that and also the fact that it's it's a very jarring like film of where it takes place because you do have shots like because they're at this like you know carnival in the middle mm-hmm. of wherever you don't you don't know where it is yet. You're like where where are we? It doesn't matter. And then when they kidnap Chandu and company. They're on the the FDR, like you know, like like I'm like wait wait wait, what they're on the FDR drive? What what's going on here? Like because it's 79th Street. Even Corinne's like, oh, I recognize that that road. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's back to being in Spain again because this is where the mansion is. It's like, yes. Who knows? She's like, oh, it's probably like a little bit above, like you know, upstate. You know, maybe like supposed to be like White Plains or something. I'm like, yeah. It's it doesn't matter where it is, but at the same time, it's like it's jarring. Like, and what carnival has all these cops with guns? That yeah, I've, never, a, I've never been to a carnival like that before. You know, it's it's a it's a bit it's a bit weird. Once again, um, me <laughs> proposing a foreign um, Lovecraft inspired film, and this was yeah. Um, yeah. Shot mostly in Spain yeah. by a Spanish director, and yet once again, uh, an entirely English-speaking um, uh, movie and a, a mostly American cast as well. Yes, um, yes, American or British, except for <clears throat> except for the most jarring one, which was the brother who gets shot in the leg, who slowly becomes the demonic force. You could yeah. tell he, all his lines are dubbed completely. Yes, well, and that because that is a, a yeah. Luis Fernando yes. Alves is his yes. name, and yes, he has he has appeared in. Um, many Spanish yeah. um, TV and film productions. And yes, um, Frank Branya, who plays yeah. Felix, the mute Felix, is yeah. uh, also oh. has been in a few Juan P. Care Simone films, including the aforementioned Slugs and Pieces. Oh, I love him. He's great because, like, I always called, like, growing up, I would always, like, like with friends, like, we'd call him the fake Leslie Nielsen because <laughs> every film, like, he, and he's always, but he's always dubbed. But, like, yeah. because we didn't know, oh, this, he's Spanish. Because he doesn't really, like, you know, he, he, he has this weird, like, like this, He's always looked the same in every film with the white hair, <laughs> sometimes clean shaven, sometimes with a beard or sometimes with a mustache. But yeah, he's like Simone's like in pieces. He plays one of the one of the cops and he's just like, what's going on here? And like, that's not your voice, dude. Not at all. Right. It's, but but yeah, like I, it's funny that they picked him to be mute in this because usually he has the most ridiculous dubbed voice. So I wonder if that was a a cre- creative choice or maybe he was like you know what i don't want to make my mouth move this time juan just yeah. just you know <laughs> this is i'm i'm really curious as to how this was put together and why people signed on for it because really right, yes right. frank frank finlay um yeah. very accomplished character actor it's funny actually his name seems so familiar to me and then i went through his resume I'm like no i guess i guess life force is the only thing i've seen him in even though for some reason his name was so seemed to be so familiar to me and right. frank Branya, as we as we just uh, right. conveyed has worked with multiple times in spanish productions yeah. um but brad fisher who plays hawk um kathy oh, cherney who plays candy melanie shatner who plays eva marsha layton who plays lisa if you click on their imdb resumes like very few productions so it's like was yeah. this 
did they think it would be their big break and it's not or was it kind I mean, of just like yeah we'll 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 help out a, f- a friend like what it's 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 really odd because even like yeah. even with uh color from the dark a lot of those actresses like went on to just be in like multiple like c-level horror films but they right. were still like acting for a long time i think it's like one of the it's it, i mean you got to think this is the time 1992 91 was probably when it was being made you got to think this is the time of like straight to video direct to video it's like sure, popular yeah. so especially foreign productions trying to be american in any way possible either with actors or scenery and juan Pierre simone is notorious for that where every film of his either was filmed like in like like slugs for example is filmed in america but it doesn't feel like america it's like because it's a spanish filmmaker and it's like it just it, if you ever watch slugs it's 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 a weird film because even when like the main guy is driving around with the sheriff there's like this weird like something sounds like from like the hill street blues like song like it's like 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 oh like or like a sitcom music you're like but it's supposed to be a horror film what's going on like mm-hmm. and it's, it's very off and pieces is just like the most bizarre film you can ever watch there's like random kung fu guy out of nowhere like like it's like oh and it's a really bad line like oh bad chop suey like oh this is terrible what's going on? but because the producer of that film was like well i'm also producing these uh martial arts films so uh throw in a karate guy in the film okay <laughs> thank you does it make sense You're corman yeah very corman and and that's the thing and, and you gotta think a lot of these young actors maybe they th- did think oh this might be my big break and also Hell, it was probably an excuse to get a free trip to Spain mm-hmm. and just kind of hang out, you know, see the sites. And then ultimately, most of them just this was the only thing they ever did or one other or like I think I don't know if it was Hawk ended up doing like a Red Red Shoe Diaries episode. Like, yes, like, that's correct, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Melanie, Melanie Shackner did a few films after. And then funny enough, the one that did probably the most was the guy who played Billy, the weird sloppy guy with the hot dog in the beginning of the movie which was disgusting like uh, that's like one that that was the most horrific scene in this film was just like his mouth after eating a chili dog and not knowing how to put a hot dog in your mouth like i'm like what is like again is this like what a spanish person sees americans as because probably right like we're all disgusting criminals But yeah, this is this yeah. is an odd, it's, it's, it's an odd a, little it, film. It is. It, it no, and again, it's. I mean, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, okay, well, is it really? It, it's not Lovecraftian in the least. Like, like again, one of the questions actually, Corinne asked me the other day was, oh, how did how did you like? Why did you and Jim want to do like this kind of podcast about Lovecraft and Lovecraftian stuff? I'm like, because you know we're both like into Lovecraft and like his themes of like total hopelessness you know the 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 vastness of like nothing and all of a sudden she's like okay that makes you know like she had never known she'd never asked before like how we just got into this but like yeah Mm -hmm. and 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 i'm like and and a lot of times we'll find a film that's like really good even if it's not even if it's not lovecraftian even if we go this film is great but there's nothing at all that makes this Lovecraftian. And this film is not great. And this is me saying this. And I have I have a special edition Blu-ray of this film from oh, Vinegar from Vinegar Syndrome, which is worth it alone for the feature-length documentary about Juan Piquet Simone and having all these different actors and actresses and like the 
the you know creature effects people that he's always worked with and basically it's always the same thing he was a man with a heart of gold that just liked to make movies no matter what the budget he didn't care Mm -hmm. if he had an idea he'd write it down get a script and then just you know how much are we being offered oh you know like a hundred thousand dollars okay i could do that you know like and it's something charming about that even though this film like you know it doesn't work at all like and again i i you know i like it when it gets a little ridiculous but again it's just like almost like you said the last two minutes oh by the way this is what happened and then the demon comes and then he becomes the demon and then the whole house becomes like a mushy mess and and then he's screaming her name and they're and now all of a sudden lisa is with the brother and they leave yeah and uh, like you know what i mean it's just it, it feels like a film that maybe there was more to it and because of budgetary restraints let's well, cut out a bunch of shit that makes sense but again if you've seen his films which i have i don't even think that's it i, I actually think this is what the script was and that's the thing um there is exactly <laughs> one bit of imdb trivia for this oh in wow. which it says the film was shot in six weeks and okay i gotta be honest i'm surprised because if you asked me yeah. i would have said two at most two weeks um, maybe three <laughs> yeah and and this this may be the mansion of cthulhu or cthulhu mansion um it seems more likely the six rooms of cthulhu uh because like you yeah. know you're trying to tell me this was uh filmed in madrid spain it was much more likely to me shot on the um set of the saved by the bell murder mystery episode <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, good that's like. a good that's a good yeah see can we can we call that a Lovecraftian episode? <laughs> Listen, if we're calling if we're calling yeah. that Lovecraftian, right. we might as well call it. But uh, and, and that's the thing. I listen. I don't want to knock a film necessarily for production value. I right. do it too often. It's a little bit unfair because you don't have necessarily right. full control over how much money you have to right. accomplish something. Of course. But this film really has the feel of they were making up as they go along. Because, like I said, there, there's no yeah. rules to the universe. No, it doesn't really build to anything like I mean, and James, fill me in here as as yeah. as the crafty veteran of, of Juan Piquet Simone and this yeah, film. Yeah. But yeah. they mm-hmm. kidnap Chandu and his daughter. Yeah, they go back to his house. Mm-hmm. What the plan is, is this coke that they stole from this guy. They're going to sell it. They're going to divvy up the profits amongst themselves. Of course, right. they all started plotting on backstabbing each other. Right. Why do they spend the night and not just fucking leave that very night? No, like, Is it the weather? No. OK, so. That's that's even what like like Corinne was like going wait so they say they're gonna go there and then take his car and leave, mm-hmm. which makes the perfect sense. Sure. When they, and even Billy, the stupid one, is saying to him, <laughs> "Hey, let's go." Yeah. And Hawk is the one that's saying, "You stupid idiot! We can't do that. There, you know, the, if we try to go anywhere, we we I gotta make the sale with this other guy, but then that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. It's like and, and really again, it just feels like." here's the excuse just to stay in this place to get off one by one. Yeah. And again, like, like how many times have we seen horror films where you just go leave, just leave, just go. It's it's not hard to manufacture a reason for that because there was, it does seem like there was some kind of inclement weather. So maybe like, Hey, a tree fell onto the one bridge, which you have to connect. So we have to stay here to make a plan B fine, but they just get to this mansion. Right spend the night and start eating all their food <laughs> right, right, right. no no okay so okay i'm gonna ask you about the food thing okay just right. as a funny aside so when candy is walking around with lisa to look around and to get the hot water for the, the brother there's a plate of tuna fish sandwiches 
just on a plate in them just sitting out <laughs> for how long was that out there because they were performing yep i would never eat a tuna like any sandwich let alone a tuna fish sandwich that had been sitting out for maybe eight hours of the day yeah, a room temperature tuna fish oh, sandwich no no thank disgusting. you disgusting but so like again it 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 makes no sense and like and again that's kind of like some of his other films that's the charm and and hell funny enough a few years before this he made a film in what basically when everyone was making films after the abyss came out and hmm. you had you had leviathan you had yeah. you know deep star six and he made the rift with jack scalia and a bunch of other people that's sure. probably that's probably a film that makes the most sense considering hmm. I, don't, I don't know if he necessarily he might have wrote the script too but i think it was more american backers for that one so it's like it feels like like an actual film with a plot even though it's still kind of weird in its own yep. way about mm. killer monsters but so you know while watching Cthulhu Mansion again I thought of a film that does the idea of people in a house that are being offed one by one by some sort of demonic force where mm. the explanation is that they can't get away because of something outside is blocking them and for some reason the film that popped in my head was Night of the Demons where there's this un unknown okay, yeah. demonic mm. force that's behind a door that comes out and guess what they can't leave because the the the, the, the mansion the house itself blocks them in so they can't mm -hmm. get away so to me that would have been an easy fill-in like hey what the hell's wrong with you man like why can't we get out of here like you know like you open the door and it's just like a brick wall like you could have done a, anything simple like that then that, that would have been like a ten dollar effect just like putting and, up a brick wall, you know? Well, and because it doesn't seem like there's really any rhyme or reason to, one, what is that force behind the door? We don't right. know. No, we don't know. And, and two, what does it want? Because right. based on Chandu's yeah. narration, it would seem like um, it wants him or will be satisfied until it gets him for what he did, for the the, the evil that he unleashed way before... They even get to the mansion when when he accidentally killed his wife with right. that incantation. However, the way that this thing manifests itself is sometimes pulling people into a fridge and Wait. killing them. Yeah, or sometimes dissolving them with blood and or branches. Yes, but also sometimes possessing and taking control of people. Like it's just there's no there's no real there's no threat because I'm like. What does this thing want? Clearly, this is just a narrative device to use some of their practical effects to show some cool kills. And, you know, you can debate all you want about whether they are actually cool or not. I'm not here for that. But it's like there, there's just there's no yeah. overarching coherence to the story. And, yeah, partially because I had a baby with me, I was kind of, I just kept pausing like how how much longer do we have left? <laughs> Um, cause you hit like the hour mark and you're like, Oh, it, we're, we're wrapping up soon. Right. It's like, no, you have, you have 35 minutes left on this thing. Um, and then yeah. sure enough, um, it gets its revenge, I guess, I guess like, like, Oh, I, I took, I, I took control of you, Chandu and he, and he's becoming like, I, I feel bad for Frank Finley because he had to put that makeup on just for that, for like that 20 One second sequence. scene, you know, it's like, Oh man. Poor dude, you know. I mean, I, it was, I, you know, it's like, well, why? Why does it have to take you over? And then, like, it destroys the whole mansion. Well, and, and why does it? 
why does it take over Chris? Right. Because it just, it slowly is kind of taking him over. Right. And then it was kind of disorienting because we're down in the basement. You have the Chris character who seems like he's trying to push Lisa onto this fire. Yes. Chandu was like, no, take me. It does. And then all of a sudden it's kind of disoriented because then it cuts back to Lisa and all of a sudden Chris is just behind right, her like normal. Right. Like, wait, I'm, wait, when when did this whole thing happen? I know. And then it cuts to Chandu going, leave or I'll hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess that happened. That, that could have been cool to see. Mm-hmm. But I guess they didn't have that in the budget. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it's, it's weird. It, again, it's very jarring. And like, Again, and you and I, you know, you and I agree with that sentiment of the worst thing a film can do is be boring. And like, yeah. and like, I'll, I'll see like, you know, the good in like the worst films. And like this film is just, it's just like, it's okay. It's, for me, it's like, okay, it's okay, but it's not something that will stick with you. Like you'll, you, you know, this is a film we'll forget that we covered until we go, what do we, oh, Cthulhu Mansion, right. Yeah. Okay. Is that the one with the, uh. The tuna fish sandwiches and the fridge that kills the girl. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's not talk about that one ever again. <laughs> uh, just. Yeah. Like, and I mean. Yeah. It's... I, I I don't even want to say it had potential, it, but but well, the, for this, me, this just... for me, it had potential because I of of bat shittery. I'm not saying a good film. I'm not saying it had potential to be like, oh man, this is like this underrated Lovecraftian like you know gem. No. I'm thinking like it had potential to be like balls to the wall, just like ridiculousness from front to back. Cause he's done this before he's made a film <laughs> that you go like a film, like pieces where the tagline, one of the taglines is my favorite of all time is pieces. It's exactly what you think it is. Like, <laughs> and of course that go, you go, I don't even know what I think it is, but it must be insane. Right. And it is from, from, from minute one to the last, shot of the film you're like what the hell did i just watch this is mm-hmm. this does not, and again that was 10 years before this yeah. film you know it's 82 so he lost a little bit of the the passion or at least the something with the something happened like i don't know between that and then like i, I you know and again it happens to filmmakers they get tired they go well i'm just doing it to get the next film made and to get the next film made and like ultimately it doesn't always work out and like this is a film that you know, one, it's not Lovecraftian at all. There's no Cthulhu, which is very. The, I want because like, I really ultimately wanted to see a really low budget Spanish filmmaker doing like like a love like some sort of Lovecraft beast. You know what I mean? And it doesn't even have that. Sure. And that's a shame. Like if it had that, at least we could be like, well, at least it had tentacles. <laughs> yeah, there, there was there, <laughs> which is terrible to think about that. Like that would have been a positive, you know, but. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, there was nothing at all connecting that. And, and, and here's what makes that weird to me is that yeah. this movie was released in 1992, made around 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, as we've discussed on this podcast, adaptation of a Lovecraft work, Corman's The Haunted Castle, way back in 1968. Yeah, but they had to release it as a Poe, as a Poe titled film to kind of draw people in. Like, oh, this is a Poe adaptation. No, it's H.P. Lovecraft. Who's that guy? In the early 90s. Lovecraft wasn't really a significant force at all yet. There hadn't no. been this rediscovery of him. There hadn't been the influence that he has now. So to attach his name to it, you'd think like this is a draw. This is introducing a new audience to something. But then you right. see it and like, this has nothing to do with this guy. You may as well have called it like devil man. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, a Devil Mansion, um, Poe, like you know, Edgar Allan right. Poe, meant the Raven Mansion, just like or, or a connection yeah. to any other author. When all you're doing is basically name dropping tokenism, like it has nothing to do with that. So it's weird. Like, right. where what was the play here? Right. Because even thematically, there's nothing tying it into anything having to do with Lovecraft. It no. is just like Cthulhu. Hell, you could have you could have gotten away with because we've seen it before too. Yeah. Like where there are lovecraft inspired things where lovecraft is not even named just call it cthulhu mansion and then leave lovecraft's name off it and so people are like right. well that's oh. one kind of little word you know sort of thing like and it, it becomes maybe a wink wink nudge nudge thing for people who are in the know right right otherwise but. it's just like oh cool lovecraft i'm gonna read a, a story that sounds like this will, or, or that was you know p- potentially inspiration for this one and then like no you're you're not gonna find anything to that effect anywhere yeah i mean it, it would have been equally make sense if it was like graham stoker's cthulhu mansion like like <laughs> like okay does it make sense no but it makes as much sense as by the the, the words of lovecraft like there's nothing even like corinne was like what is this is not i'm like no nothing that's nothing at all and again we think about titles that like were easy like you know how many people in 1992 knew how to say cthulhu yeah you know what I mean? Like if, if if let's say this was in theaters, which I know I don't think it was, but let's just say, oh, can I have one for uh C uh, the C mansion? Is, uh, you know, like I don't know what that says. Or in yeah. Spain, like I, I I don't know. I can't picture people like going, oh man, Cthulhu. Like you know, we had like the RPGs, and you had like a few films that were relevant of that. You know, like the, the Dan O'Bannons and other filmmakers that were trying to start something with Lovecraft, but. Yeah, like it's it's just to me not even that it's a waste. It's just like, but why why do it? It would again, like you said, it would it would have made more sense just to call like Poe's, you know, you know, theater of the you know of the macabre or something, you know, something stupid like that. But it would make as much sense. And see, here's the thing: one, it did have a limited release in the United States on okay. February seventh, nineteen ninety two, and then less than a month later, it made its video premiere. So. There you go. Yeah, but alternate titles. This one makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Black Magic Mansion. Okay. Perfect. That's perfect. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like I said, then you then you see Cthulhu at the end, and maybe it's kind of like, what? Ooh. What is that? I know I know it has something to do with that spell book that he had, and so it just kind of becomes a little Easter egg, if you will, instead of kind of the crux of this film, which it has, has nothing to do with anything. It would be like, um, like when we covered Underwater, and like uh, technically you don't know until the very last shot. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, that's what you were going for, or were you? Hmm. You say you weren't. Yeah, but you were. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be underwater, inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Right. It's like people are watching. Like, hey, oh. I wonder. I wonder if you know. Yeah. And that's that becomes a, an an extra level of appreciation. Exactly. Um, but no, this is. Ugh, yeah. There's just. It, it was just, and everyone's like so. I don't know. Everything is so like evenly lit it's clear they had like so little money yeah. for things so every room looks exactly the same except for when the power goes out and yes and and you know one character gets pulled into a fridge and dies another one i guess gets dissolved in blood in a shower but then yeah. they both show up later as once again possessed things yeah, possessed zombie things i don't know it it just yeah there, there's no narrative cohesion to the rules of even the evil that is supposedly unleashed uh in this grandiose finale which i guess is just furniture is flying around the room yeah um it, it, it's just like oh what can we be done with this thing please i just i i had i had no time i had no patience for it 
Um, which is saying something considering once again, an hour and 32 minutes. This is not a lot to sit through. And yes, it felt like a lot to sit through. Yeah. But, and it's not a lot to talk about either. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I, you know, there was one cool image. I thought like when his, his, ex, his former wife shows up and she's in that, like oh, yeah. the white and the wind is blowing and she kind of has a very spooky ethereal look, but, it, it, but there's, but even that emotional attachment fails because like we, we didn't know enough about this person and we don't dig into enough about this person because then right. you tie Chandu to a chair and just for 20 minutes, we're not even dealing with him. We're spending an exorbitant amount of time focusing on these crooks and Un- what they are doing. Yeah, unlikable crooks. It's like they're not even likable either. And also the dude that was following them into the mansion, I was like, oh, yeah. is this a is this a cop? Nope. No. Uh, some just some other like th- th- there's no there's no uh, connection. There's no lines of of demarcation of connection. You just you you have no idea what's happening other than there's people in a house and something is killing them. Rinse repeat. Like it's that's there. Yeah. Yeah. The the guy was with the drug dealer that that he kills in the beginning. The hawk and yep. and, and the tr- and that's like, but it's not. It's never said until he has the gun to his head. This yeah. is for blah blah. Like, okay, yeah. thank you. I I really thought he was a cop the whole time because there's the cop that's the security right. guard that's murdered at the very beginning. So I'm like, oh, the cops are onto them, and that's why they're worried about leaving because like, no, someone's on our tail. But no, it's just a a, a drug dealer, and they weren't even aware of his presence to begin with. Um, right, right, exactly. I don't know. It's just that's just another body for the body count, <laughs> you know? Like, okay. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if there's if there's much else to say about no. Cthulhu Mansion. It, it's th- this is a very slight movie, as you say. Months from now, we'll probably forget that we even watched it. Um, maybe not you, because with your your special edition Blu-ray on your yeah. on your shelf, reminding you. Yeah, always, always reminding me. I'm like, oh, here it is. Let me take the sli- let me take the limited edition slipcover off of it so I can watch it. And I'll say the cover for the uh, Blu-ray is much better. But it's not. But it's even more of a lie, because it's actually like a Cthulhu face, like like painting. Okay. So it's like yeah. no, but but I mean, at least they get what Cthulhu is. <laughs> not a skull. Like it looks like the skull. A different view of the skull from uh, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, we got we got a skull yeah. within the eye, the reflection of the eye, which it has no eyes. So how no. could there be a reflection? Thank you. Um, is the mansion itself in big red letters from the imagination of H.P. Lovecraft, yes. which is a bold face lie. Oh, big time. But I mean, um, we've seen that always. Like even Corman would lie all the time about sure. what, yeah. what, you know, or, or like how many times I've seen like a film poster and be like, wait, that, that monster is not in this film at all. Damn yeah. you. Damn you for making my hopes. So, you know, and again, <sighs> the title of this film alone gives you high hopes of like, what, what could this be? Could this be like, Full house, but with Cthulhu and family, that'd be fun. You know, that'd be ridiculous. I would, I would you know, and one, <laughs> one other movie that this sort of reminded me of, in yeah. the sense of, I would prefer that movie to this one, hmm. which is saying something because I don't like this other movie. Oh, okay. uh, is House? Oh, that's oh, you don't. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna. I don't. I, wanna, I, rec- I don't want people to hate us more. Oh, because I fully recognize that. I am in the minority. I yeah. don't care for that movie. It's Everybody fine. loves it except for me. But it, it still is like. A group that's of people. Insane. Who, it's matching yeah. insane, though. You know. Yeah, I kind of would have preferred that level of insanity um, yes. to this one because, like, house makes no sense, but also that was no. sort of the plan, right? Um, I don't know. It's it's weird that that movie was inspired by Jaws. Uh, 
<laughs> no, anyway. no, that's uh, well. It's just like this film was based, you know, based on Lovecraft stories and based on yeah, either Steve, Steven Spielberg's Cthulhu Mansion. <laughs> um, I'd watch that though. Or Bram, Bram Stoker's Cthulhu Mansion Two: Electric Boogaloo um, would have yes. made more sense as a title. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's uh, sorry for that. This is less than a robust episode. I I don't know. This this was not a pleasurable viewing experience for me. I would like as a society and as a new human being to move past Cthulhu Mansion. So let's, let's do that. that. Um, yeah, we are, of course, the Cast of Cthulhu. Find us uh, at castofcthulhu.podbean.com to catch up on back episodes, as well as battleshipretention.com. You can email us at moviesofmadness at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, Cast Cthulhu. James is Wonka Kills Kids. I am Nolan Fixes Teeth. Um, we've uh, got a, a change of... Uh, we're, we're changing gears a little bit. Yeah. So we wanted to do foreign productions this month though by the time this comes up it will be a different month but early in a different month and that's just how things go um our next two we're kind of shifting gears once again from foreign indie to mainstream american yeah um we're gonna do some uh sticking in the realm of lovecraft inspirations but bigger budget ones they've been on our list for a while Mm -hmm. prometheus and the thing prequel yeah. Um, that came out uh, a few years ago, and we're gonna we're gonna try and bring some guests on there. We've been talking to Tim Buell, formerly of the Golden Briefcase, which was one of the first film podcasts I ever listened to. Has been defunct for a while now, but Tim is still a good dude, and he was actually yeah. responsible for both our icon or our little logo, as well as our intro and closing music. That yeah. was a creation of Tim Buell, so we can we have certainly thank him for that and bring him on and have him chat a little bit about that. Um, and then Jerry Smith, who man, we've tried to get him on multiple times. Friend of the show, real good dude. Uh, we tried to get him on for, I believe, the missed episode. Didn't work out. We tried to get him on for our Halloween 4 live commentary. Didn't work out. Things seem to be a bit more settled for him now, so we're going to try and bring him on to talk about the thing, seeing as he is a huge fan of John Carpenter, and I actually am very curious as to um, how he'll respond to this very much not Carpenter. And I'm just curious, too, because I have yet to see that movie, actually. Oh, see, I saw it, and I hated it when it came out. So I'm, I'm wondering how I feel about it. What is it, like 10 years later? No. Yes, and many people did. I saw Prometheus and hated it when it came out, but I haven't seen it since then. See, I liked Prometheus when it came out, but I haven't seen it since it came out. So again, yeah, so, I'm, excited, uh, so, I'm excited about it. It's good. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. And, and of course, famously, Prometheus, um, the reason or one of the reasons why Del Toro said he won't ever do his Mountains of Madness one because he's like, they did what I was trying to do. And that made me angry. That did, yeah, that like that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so we've got some good stuff coming up um, in the month of May. Um, switching gears once again. So thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for suffering through us or suffering with us as we suffered through Cthulhu Mansion. Um, hopefully we'll have a little bit more exciting things to say. And it's always fun to have guests. Uh, we haven't had a guest in a little bit, so it's great. Tim Buell from Formerly the Golden Briefcase. Jerry Smith, friend of the show. All around wonderful guys. So yes, be sure to tune in next time where we'll be talking about um, Ridley Scott's Prometheus. In the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with Dead Cthulhu in his house in Relia.